الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبده وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين فبلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابه محمد الذين ارخصوا اموالهم واهليهم واوطانهم ليتابعوا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم في حمل رايه هذا الدين ونشر هذه المله الحنيفيه فاللهم ارض عنهم وارضهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في ذلك المتابعين لهم وبعد يقول الشيخ الامام محمد بن عبد الوهاب شيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه ويعذر في ترك الجمعه والجماعه مريض الجمعة والجماعة من الأمور الهامة الذي ينبغي للمسلم القادر على أن يعتني بها فإن الصحابة يرون أن الجماعة لا يتركها إلا منافق فالإنسان ينبغي إذا فكر بترك الجماعة يفكر في نفسه هل أصبح يحمل خلقا من أخلاق النفاق؟ ومعلوم ان النفاق نفاق عمل ونفاق اعتقاد نفاق الاعتقاد هذا لا لا خير يرجى من وراءه لانه له وضع اخر 
الله أخبر أن المنافقين في الدرب في الأسفل من النار والله جل وعلا يعلم من هو المعذور في ترك الجمعة أو الجماعة ومن يلتمس العذر ولو لم يكن له عذر فينبغي للمسلم أن يهتم بهذه العبادة العظيمة التي هي ركن الإسلام الأعظم بعد الشهادتين وربنا جل وعلا يقول وما جعل عليكم في الدين من حرج ويقول المصطفى إذا أمرتكم بأمر فأتوا منه ما استطعتم المهم أن الإنسان الذي يريد أن يلتمس نفسه عذر ينظر هل هو عذر حقيقي أو أنه لو دعته رفقة للمشاركة أو جماعة للأنس لخف عليه العنى الجمعة واجبة على كل رجل أو فتى بلغ الاحتناب عليه أن يقوم بأدائها ما لم يكن له عذر ما هو العذر الذي يمكن أن يكون مريضا لا يستطيع أن يحضرها ثم ليتذكر قول الصحابي عبد الله بن مسعود لقد عهدتنا يؤتى بالرجل يهادى بين الرجلين لا يستطيع المشي يد على شأس ويد على كتف الآخر ويسهل يسيران كأنهما يحملان حتى يقام في الصف فإذا كان المرض يتجاوز ذلك كان الإنسان معذور في ترك الجمعة أو في ترك الجماعة الجمعة كما قد يأتي بل سيأتي إن شاء الله من حرص عليها وأداها كما ينبغي أن تؤدى وصان نفسه عن ما يخدرها ويغيرها يغفر له ما بين الجمعة والجمعة وزيادة ثلاثة أيام يعني عشرة أيام يكون مغفورا له الجماعة تفضل صلاة الجماعة على صلاة الفرد أو الأفراد الذين يترخصون لأنفسهم يقولون نحن جماعة المساجد ما بنيت إلا لأداء هذه العبادة العظيمة التي قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عنها مع الشهادتين والزكاة من قام بها صانع نفسه وماله إلا بحق الإسلام يقول الجمعة والجماعة إلا المريض إذا كان الإنسان مريضا لا يستطيع أن يتحمل الانتظار لإتمام الصلاة ونحو ذلك 
أو كان خائفا على نفسه من عدو يتربص به أو من عدو يريد أن يصلبه ماذا لو راح أو يخشى على مال هو المسؤول عنه ولو ذهب للصلاة لا استلب ذلك المال أو أفسد والله يعلم حقائق الأمور فإذا تخلف مدعيا عذرا ولم يكن العذر موجودا فإن هذا لا ينفع يقول خائف ضياع ماله أو ما هو مستحفظ عليه يقول هنا لأن المشقة اللاحقة في ذلك أكثر من بلد ثيابة المطر يعني الإنسان إذا كان المطر مستمرا نزوله وإن خرج للصلاة بل له المطر ليس مجرد بل الثياب إنما يصبح الطريق طريقا وحلا بما يذوب في الطريق من غبار النزل أو تراب كالسحات جلبته الرياح أو غير ذلك فإذا وجد العذر للمطر فالنبي قال صلوا في رحالكم والذي يعرف انه لا يعوقه المطر ينبغي ان يعتني في الصلاه يقول لقول عمر رضي الله عنه كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ينادي في الليله البارده او المطيره في السفر صلوا في رحالكم هذا عمر يرويه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كما في الصحيحين ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما نادى بذلك في العراق فكان احدا استنكر عليه قال قد فعل ذلك من هو خير مني يعني النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فان الدين يسر لكن لا يحاول الواحد أن يلتمس لنفسه عذرا لا وجود له يكفي أن الصحابة يقولون ما يتخلف عن الصلاة إلا منافق والنبي قال في الحديث الصحيح أثقل الصلاة على المنافقين صلاة العشاء والفجر ولو يعلمون ما فيهما من الأجر لأتوهما ولو حبوا لو كانوا يحوون يقول ولهما يعني للبخاري ومسلم عن ابن عباس انه قال لمؤذنه في يوم مطير يوم جمعه اذا قلت اشهد ان محمد رسول الله فلا تقل حي على الصلاه قل صلوا في بيوتكم يعني اذا كان المطر نازلا نزولا كثيفا لا يمنع واحد لو كان في رياضة 
يعني يريد ان يلعب كوره خرج ولا يبالي اذا كان هناك مطر يزعج فيصلي في رحله لان الصلاه مطلوب ان تؤدى بحيث يستحضر الانسان قلبه وفكره حين ادائها يقول فكان الناس فكان الناس استنكروا على ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما كيف يقول ذلك فقال ابن عباس للناس فعله يعني فعل هذا الكلام من هو خير مني يعني رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما واني كرهت ان اخرجكم في الطين والدحض يعني الدحض ما يكون ذائبا من الاطيان وغيرها يؤذي الشخص وقد يسبب له خللا في حاله او في ملابسه هذا فيما يتعلق بالاعذار تقي الامور التي ينبغي للمسلم ايضا ان يتجنبها قال ويكره حضور المسجد لمن اكل ثوما او بصلا النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من اكل ثوما او بصلا فلا يقربن مسجدنا وفي لفظ وليصلي في بيته فان الملائكه تتاذى مما يتاذى منه بنو ادم يمكن ان يقول الواحد نحن عشره كلنا ناكل كراف بصل من يصلي في المسجد ما في ما في المسجد سوانا لا الملائكه تتاذى مما يتاذى منهم الناس لكن لا يقال هذه رخصه كل ما شئت من الثوم والبصل وانهم رخص لك لا تجنب الثوم والبصل في وقت في وقت ذهابك للصلاه والذي قال هذه البقله يعني يعني البصل والثوم اقتلوها طبخا حتى يزول ما يكون فيها من الرائحه الغويه هذا الدرس يبدو انه هو اخر الدروس هذه الايام لكني اؤكد على جميع الحرص على اداء الصلوات الخمس للرجال والفتيان في المساجد التي اذن الله ان ترفع ويذكر فيها اسمه يسبح له فيها بالغدو والاوصال رجال الى اخره والجمعه ايضا كان الصحابه ياتون من مسافه اثني عشر ميلا ليس بالميل العصري اللي الميل اقل من من مترين وانما هو الميل الذي الذي يكون هو اكثر من الف ذراع من الاسلام المسافه اكثر من عشرين كيلو يحضرون الى صلاه الجمعه لما فيها من الخير الكثير اولا من غضب على جمعه وبادر ان ياتي اليها في اوائل وقتها حصل على خير كثير 
مثل قال إذا وقد مر علينا في صلاة الجمعة من غسل واغتسل وتناول من طيبه أو من طيب أهله وذهب إلى المسجد ولم يفرق بين اثنين وصلى ما كتب له إذا حضر الإمام أنصت يعني مستمع الخطبة وعد الجمعة إن كان مبكرا في الساعة الأولى فكأنما قرب بدنه وصدق البعير ما الساعة الثانية قرب بقرة الثالثة قرب كبشا أخرا الرابعة قرب دجاجة الخامسة قرب بيضة يحسن للواحد بقدر المستطاع أن يعتني بالمسابقة ليكون مع حاصل على جوائز الكرمة ثم أن أيضا من حضر الجمعة وعداها وصمتت عند تكلم الإمام خطبة الإمام ولم يتحدث مع أحد ولم ينشغل في شيء يتجنب حتى السواك لا يستاك وإنه يبقى منصفا للاستفادة وليفوز بما وعد به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحافظ على ذلك فينبغي للمسلم أن يكون شديد الحرص على هذا أسأل الله جل وعلا بأسمائه وصفاته أن يصلح حالنا وحال المسلمين في كل مكان وأن يثبتنا جميعا بالقول الثابت في حياتنا وآخرتنا وأن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وأن يطفي الفتن المشتعلة في كثير من بلاد الإسلام وأن يعاجل المظلومين في البلاد الإسلامية في كل مكان أن يعاجلهم بالفرج فهو القادر على كل شيء كما نسأل جل وعلا أن يعاجل بلاد الشام بالفرج وأن ينتقم من تلك الطائفة الحاكمة للشام تلك الطائفة النصيرية الملحدة الخبيثة التي تتدين بأنها تدعي تقول أن الله هو علي بن أبي طالب هذا هو مذهبهم الذي يسيرون عليه نسأل الله جل وعلا أن يفرج على الشام بأن يوفقهم للتوبة إليه سبحانه وإخلاص العمل له وأن ينقذهم من ظلم الظالمين وأن ينقذ بقية البلاد الإسلامية من كل فتنة وشر وبلاء ففي العراق في ليبيا في بقية البلاد التي حصل فيها في اليمن تلك الطائفة التي أرادت أن تستجذب الصفويين من أيران يحكم بلاد اليمن ويقصدهم من ذلك أن يحكموا جزيرة العرب ويطوقوها بالاتفاق على الشام نسأل الله أن يحبط كيدهم وأن لا يقيم لهم راية وأن لا يرفع لهم ذكرا وأن يهدي الضال من كل الفئات إنه مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين كما أسأله جل وعلا أن يحفظ على بلادنا المملكة أمنها على دينها ودنياها وأن يجعلها مهيئة 
لاستقبال المؤمنين الوافدين لحج أو عمرة أو زيارة ليجدوا فيها الأمن والأمان كما أسأل الله أن يثيب ولاة أمرنا على كل أمر يحققون فيه للمسلمين الخير والبركة في الداخل البلاد وخارجها إنه مجيب الدعاء والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا We seek Hafiz Allah Ta'ala again in the name of Allah. We praise Him. We seek His assistance. We seek His forgiveness from the evil of our deeds. And we, uh, we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of our deeds. He is alone and He has no partners. We bear witness that Allah is alone and He has no partners. And for Him is the dominion and the praise, and He is able to do all things. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon His. Messenger and slave and friend Muhammad, the one that Allah sent as a mercy to mankind, he gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, and he was sincere for the Ummah. And he fought the true fight in the way of Allah. And may Allah be pleased with his companions, those who spent from their wealth and left their lands and left their family to follow and adhere to the way of the Prophet and to raise the flag of Islam. May Allah be pleased with them and may Allah please them. And may Allah make us from those who sincerely love them and follow them. Shaykh Rasan, Shaykh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab Rahim Allah Ta'ala, he mentioned in this portion of his treaties uh, the excuses that would allow an individual to not attend the congregational prayer or the Friday prayer. And the first individual that he mentions is the one who is ill or sick. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the congregational prayer, the daily congregational prayer and the Friday prayer is something very important in Islam. And the Muslim, as long as he has the ability to attend these prayers, then it is upon him to give them great focus. This is because the companions of the Prophet ﷺ did not consider, uh, or the companions considered one who did not attend the congregational prayer, they considered him as a hypocrite. So it is upon an individual that when he feels that he is excused and exempt, from the congregational prayer, he should contemplate is him staying back, uh, displaying one of the traits of the hypocrites. And hypocrisy is of two categories hypocrisy by way of action, hypocrisy by way of belief. As for hypocrisy by way of belief, there is no good afterwards. This is hypocrite in his belief but and this is because and the reason why there is no good after a person be a hypocrite by way of his, by way of his belief because Allah mentioned about the hypocrites they are in the lower parts of the hellfire and 
Allah knows the intention of the individual when he abstains from the congregational prayer and the Friday prayer. Allah knows the true intention of the individual. Does the individual have a valid excuse or not? So it's incumbent upon the believer to give this act of worship its just due and ample focus. Because the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned about the congregational prayer after the shahadatain, after the two declarations of faith, that it is from the most important of these, and the prayer itself. But even with the prayer being uh, a great uh, statue in Islam, Allah has made the religion easy. As Allah says, Allah has not made haraj for you in the religion. Allah has not made difficulty for you in the religion. Likewise, the Prophet Muhammad said, that which I have ordered you, do it to the best of your ability. So if an individual uh, feels, uh, so if an individual intends to exempt himself from the congregational prayer, then he should reflect. And he should ask himself, does he have a valid excuse? Does he have a valid excuse? The Shaykh said, even you have some people that if they know their friends are going to be present, a group of their friends are going to be present, they would go. They would still go to the masjid. So this is not accepted. I mean, the valid excuse is that which keeps him, prevents him from the masjid. Not that if some of his friends were there, he would still go. And likewise, the Friday prayer. It is mandatory upon the Muslim male and the one who has reached the age of puberty, the one who has reached puberty, it is mandatory upon them to attend the, uh, the Friday prayer. Except if an individual has a, an illness. And this illness prevents him from attending the Friday prayer. And the congregational prayer, the same. And this is because you have the statement of Ibn Mas'ud that he said, we saw, we witnessed an individual being held by two other people on the left and on the right. They would carry him to the masjid. They would walk with him until he would reach the masjid. As if they were holding him. As if they were supporting him. This is the extent that they, the individuals would make sure that they attend the prayer. Until he stood in the row. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so if your illness is greater than that, if your illness is greater than this, meaning that it is very, extremely difficult for you to attend the prayer in congregation or the Friday prayer, then yes, you are excused, you are exempt. But if not, then it is mandatory for you to attend the congregation and the Friday prayer. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, Naam. And the Shaykh mentioned that, and he's mentioned it's going to come later on in the book as well, of the merits of attending the Friday prayer. And how it's important for an individual to make sure he attends. So much so, the individual, uh, Allah forgives the sins 
Allah forgives the sins of the individual between the two Friday prayers and an extra three days and an extra three days so the person who attends the Friday prayers he has his sins forgiven for him and an extra three days which means a total of ten days for attending the Friday prayer and likewise the congregational prayer it is better uh, it is much better in reward than the person who prays alone and the Shaykh said Habib Allah Ta'ala but this is in the masjid this is in the masjid because you have some individuals they say we are a group you have some individuals that make the claim they say we are a group so they pray a few of them pray together and they think that they receive this reward no the this congregational prayer is that which is performed in the masjid and the Shaykh mentioned to show you also from that which shows you the greatness of the, the congregational prayer is the fact of one of the prayer itself the prayer itself is the fact that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned uh, the person who says the shahada and they perform the salat and they give the zakat that their wealth and their honor is sacred. Their wealth and their honor is sacred. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, he goes back to the issue of the illness. He goes back to the issue of the illness. He says, so for example, if a person is, is very ill and they cannot go to the prayer or if they go to the prayer, they cannot wait. They cannot wait for the prayer. This is a, a severe illness. This is uh, that which allows the individual to be exempt. Or if the individual is in an extreme state of fear. If a person is in an extreme state of fear that they will be harmed or attacked by an enemy. Someone is trying to attack them. This is also a valid excuse. Or if someone fears not for his life but for his wealth. He fears that if he goes to the prayer, the congregational prayer, someone will come and steal his wealth. Or he's responsible for a, an amount of wealth. It's not his, it's someone else's. But he's responsible for it. He fears that if he goes to the masjid, that someone would steal his wealth. His wealth or someone else's wealth. These are considered from the valid excuses. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but keep in mind, Allah knows the reality of the affair. Allah knows. If you feel that you're exempt, Allah knows. Are you truly exempt or are you just trying to seek any excuse to not attend the, the prayer? And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if you do not attend the congregational prayer or the Friday prayer, and you have a, 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 an excuse, but it is not truly valid, then this will not benefit you. Allah will hold you accountable. Then uh, the author Ta'ala, mentions the affair of uh, the rain. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala. So, for example, if the rain was coming down heavily, the rain was falling heavily, so much so if the person goes outside, their clothes become drenched. This is the type of rain that would prevent, or that a person has an excuse not to go to the masjid. But the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but not only that your clothes become slightly wet, but also even the path that you're walking on. There's a lot of puddles or there are holes, uh, whatever, things that can be harmful for you even on the path. So the clothing becoming drenched 
and likewise the path being very difficult for you to, to walk because of the puddles or, or the rain. And even, for example, if there's a, a, there's a sandstorm or there's a, uh, heavy winds, this is also an excuse for a person to uh, stay at home. And this took place, uh, or this is the case because the Prophet ﷺ, this took place from the time of the Messenger ﷺ, and he said, pray in your home. The Prophet ﷺ instructed his companions to pray in their home. Uh, and then the author ﷺ mentioned the statement of Umar ibn Khattab ﷺ, which is in Bukhari and Muslim, that Umar uh, mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ ordered the caller to say on a, a night which was extremely cold or uh, it was raining, the Prophet ﷺ told them to pray in their homes. And that is in Bukhari Muslim and is also on the authority of Ibn Abbas. And Ibn Abbas ﷺ, he did the same thing when he was in Iraq. When he was in Iraq, he did the same thing. And the people, uh, he told the Mu'addin, the one calling to the prayer, he said, when you say, uh, I bear witness that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah, after that, don't say come to the prayer, but rather say pray in your homes. So Ibn Abbas, he did the same thing. And some of the people, they, uh, they found this to be strange. Some of the people, they found this to be strange. So Ibn Abbas he said, someone has done this who is better than me. Meaning the Prophet Muhammad This was done by the Prophet Muhammad And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah keep in mind that the companions, they considered the person that abstained from the congregational prayer, they considered them to be a munafiq. So the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala is stressing this point for us to realize that it should be a, a valid excuse. It should be an actual excuse. Because the companion said, no one abstained from the prayer except a hypocrite and his hypocrisy was known. His hypocrisy was known. Likewise, the hadith of the Prophet the most difficult prayer for the hypocrites is Al-Fajr and uh, Al-Isha. The most difficult prayer for the hypocrite is Al-Fajr and Al-Isha. And if they knew the reward, they would come even if they had to crawl. Even if they had to crawl. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah went back to the narration of Ibn Abbas. And he said, so if the water, if it's raining, but the water is, it's a light drizzle. It's a light drizzle, then the person should still go. And then he said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, because you have some people, the same uh, type of drizzle, if they have a football game to go to, they'll go. If they have a match, they'll still go. But when it comes to prayer, they want to stay home. They don't want to go. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah no, it's for an individual. That when he goes to the prayer, his heart is present. His thoughts are present. He's trying to fulfill the obligation of the prayer and congregation. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah mentioned 
Now, then he went to he went back to the statement of Ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas told the, the caller to pray to say pray at home. Um, and the response of Ibn Abbas was that this, this was done by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And Ibn and he said, I did not want you to come out in in uh, mud and the likes. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the author has finished the issue of uh, that which exempts an individual from the obligation from attending the obligation of prayer, the congregational prayer and the Jum'ah. And now the author is going to move on to issues that are uh, that are befitting for an individual to abstain from. And from them is the eating of garlic or, or onion. If a person eats garlic or onion, as is mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, whoever eats garlic or onion, then he should abstain from coming to the masjid. And in another narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, Don't come to our masjid, for verily the angels are harmed by that which the humans are harmed by. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's possible that you have some people, and he's based, he's Habib Allah Ta'ala, he's uh, explaining what the author mentioned when he said, even if you feel that there are no humans in the masjid, that you should still abstain from the masjid. The Shaykh explained the Habib Allah Ta'ala by saying, for example, you might have 10 people, and they say, well, let's just go. Let's just go. We are 10 people. We are the Jama'ah. And if we go to the masjid, if we don't go to the masjid, no one else will go. So we are the Jama'ah, so let's still go. Because if we don't go, no one's going to be there. The Shaykh said, no, even if you are 10 people, you shouldn't go. Even if you are 10 people, you shouldn't go. Why? Because you are not harming others. Let's say there's no others, but you're harming the malaika. You're harming the angels. Because verily the angels are, are harmed by that which the humans are harmed by. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but you once again should not make this as an excuse. So every time before prayer, you eat garlic or you eat onions. You should, that shouldn't be the case. You should try to make sure that you don't eat these things when the time of prayer comes about. Or before the time of prayer, you should abstain from eating garlic or, or onions when it's time or time, uh, the time before the prayer. And there's the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala, he mentioned the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned, you should cook it. Because if you cook the garlic or the onion, uh, uh, the, the, the taste won't be so potent and it won't harm others. So that the, the bad taste or the smell will go away. Then, uh, Now, and then the Shaykh Habib Allah he mentioned once again the importance of praying uh, in the congregational prayer. And he said it's very important for the Muslim uh, to make his prayer, the Muslim male who has reached the age of puberty, to make his congregational prayers in the masajid. Because of the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, فِي بُيُوتٍ أَذِنَ اللَّهُ أَن تُرْفَعَ وَيُذْكَرَ فِيهَا To the end of the ayat, in the houses that Allah has given permission that they are raised and His name is mentioned in them. So the, the masajid have, a great, have great virtues in Islam. So it's obligatory upon the Muslim male who has reached the age of puberty to pray the congregational prayers in the masajid. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the companions of the Prophet they would come from a great distance 
They would come from the, a great distance equal to 12 miles. And he said, not present-day miles. It was more than 20 kilos. It was more than 20 kilos. You would have the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they would walk that distance just to uh, attend the congregational prayer. Uh, and this Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, and there's a tremendous reward for this. There's a tremendous reward for an individual attending the congregational prayer. And then he went on to talk about the, the, the Friday prayer. And he said, there's also a tremendous uh, reward for the person who attends the Friday prayer. And that's because of that, it's incumbent upon the believer to make sure that he observes the etiquettes of making a ghusl, uh, taking from his own perfume, or fragrance, or taking from the fragrance of uh, his family, a family member, and then going to the masjid early on the Friday, and being quiet, and waiting for the imam to come out. And the person who goes the first hour, they get the reward of a person who has sacrificed a camel. And the second hour, they get the reward of a person who has sacrificed a, a cow. And the third hour, they get the reward of the person who has sacrificed a sheep. And the fourth hour, they get the reward of the person who has sacrificed a, a, a chicken. And the fifth hour, they get the reward of the person who has sacrificed an egg. Then the person, so the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so it's upon a person, to the best of his ability, to, 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 to be vigorous, and to go early to the, the Friday prayer, so he can gain the reward of those who Allah would bless. And once the individual enters into the masjid, he should be silent, and he should wait for the imam, and he should not even, or when the imam uh, gives the lecture, he should not even use the miswak. When the imam gives the juma khutbah, the person should not even use the miswak. But they should be, uh, they should not move and they should be silent and they should listen to the, the Friday uh, the Friday sermon. So the shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so it's very important that a Muslim gives great focus to the, this, this act of worship. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to uh, correct our affairs and the affairs of the Muslims in every part of the world. And uh, now, so we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to correct our affairs and the affairs of the Muslims in every part of the world. And we ask Allah to protect us from the fitin, that which is present and that which is uh, hidden. And we ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims who are being oppressed in different parts of the world, and we ask Allah to give peace to the people uh, of Syria uh, and to uh, save them from their oppressive ruler, the, the, the Nusayriya, uh, those who say, and it is from their religion that they say that Ali ibn Abi Talib is Allah, this is their, uh, their religion and their methodology. So we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give peace to the people of, of Syria and we ask Allah to give them success to repent to Allah and to establish uh, sincerity for Allah. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to protect the, the, the people of the Sunnah, uh, those who are being oppressed in Iraq and in Libya and other countries like Yemen. Um, because in Yemen, the, the rulers, they wanted to try to bring about the Safawiya religion from, from Iran and to have that to be the new law and in, in, uh, religion in, in Yemen. So we ask Allah to protect uh, that country from the plots of those people. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, their, their intention by that, their intention by trying to bring this uh, religion into Yemen, 
was to try to take over the Arabian Peninsula. So we asked Allah not to give them success in that. Uh, and then the Shaykh Habib Allah, I, I missed it, but it was somewhere there where he said this is probably the last lesson that we will have uh, for this academic term. And then he went back to Habib Allah, he said, so once again we asked Allah to give the people guidance in Syria. And we ask Allah not to raise the, not, we ask Allah not to allow the deviants to raise their flags, nor for them to have any mention. And we ask Allah to guide those who have gone astray. Uh, verily Allah is the one to answer the dua. And we ask Allah to protect this, this country, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, their worldly affairs and their religious affairs. Uh, and we ask Allah to make, uh, to give the rulers success to make the path easy for the people who would like to come to this land, whether they're coming for Hajj, or whether they're coming from Umrah, or whether they're just visiting. We ask Allah to allow the rulers to give them safety and protection, and to reward them uh, for that which they're doing inside of the country and outside of the country. Our last pray, dua is all praise, all praise due to Allah the Lord, all praise due to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Uh, and, may the, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى ما ما هو حد المرض المرض الذي يبيه به ترك الجمعة والجماعة؟ حد المرض الذي يبيه به المرض الذي يصح أن يكون عادرا هو الذي لا يستطيع أن يتحمله في المسجد إما يحتاج إلى مراصرة إلى أو the question is asking what is the, the extent of the or the degree of the illness that if a person has this illness uh, he's justified and uh, abandoning the congregational prayer. Sheikh mentioned Abhi Balatara, the, the, the illness is if an individual cannot, truly cannot uh, be present, cannot attend the, the masjid because of the medicine that he's taking or the extent of his illness and pain. And then the Sheikh said, Abhi Balatara, but you should keep in mind what the companions mentioned in that regard. And that is that one of them would stand, he would have two people hold him up and they would walk with him until he reached the masjid and entered into the row. But Allah says, fear Allah to the best of your ability. 
And the Shaykh said, Habibullah, but Allah knows the reality. Do you have the ability or don't you have the ability? So the Shaykh said, Habibullah, so it's upon an individual to condition himself to, to the best of his ability, try to fulfill this act of worship. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل يمنع التدخين من حضور المسجد قياسا على الثوم والبصل؟ هل يمنع التدخين؟ هل يمنع يعني المسلم اللي يدخن من حضور المسجد قياسا على اكل الثوم والبصل؟ كل شخص له الناس Individuals asking, um, uh, there's smoking uh, cigarettes, there's uh, person smoke cigarettes, does this prevent them from? Uh, attending the, the prayer similar to the eating of garlic or, or onions. The Sheikh said, Habibullah, everyone that has a, an, an offensive smell, everyone that, who has an offensive smell that would harm people, this would also harm the malaika. So uh, a person should abstain from anything that causes this type of smell. And if by chance, they have it, they should try their best to remove it. They should try their best to remove it before entering into the masjid. الشمس الظل يتخلص إلى أن تصل الشمس إلى مدة 
الفقراء الكفاح ثم يبدا كل حيوان يزيد هذه الزياده هذا هو الزوال دخول وقت صلاه الفقراء فاوقاتني محدده المغرب عند غروب الشمس العشاء عند زوال الشفق المرارة اللي يقول في الفقر الأرضي إذا انتهت صلاة كسائر المرارة الشرقية دخلوا وقته كل ما كان يتأخر يتفق الجماعة بينهم أفضل إلى أن يوم الثلث الأول من الليل. إذا أمكن أن يرسل الناس في بلد الحلول بهذا القدر بحيث لا يكون فيه مضرة مضرة على الأقل فإن الصلاة عند مضي الثلث الأول من الصلاة عليك individuals asking is it permissible to delay Salat al-Isha in Western countries where the Salat comes in, the time for Salat al-Isha comes in close to uh, Salat al-Fajr and it's difficult for the people to wait. Shaykh mentioned Abid Allah Ta'ala that the, the congregational prayers are for the daily prayers upon. The daily prayers are at specific times. The time, uh, the entering of the prayer and the end of the prayer, it is known. For example, the time for Salat al-Fajr is when there is some light upon the horizon. Uh, where some light comes or begins on the horizon. And uh, then the sun rises and the sun continues to rise and there is a shade. There is a shade from one direction. Then the sun reaches the zenith and there is hardly any shade. Uh, and then the sun passes the zenith and once again you get a shade. So now the time of Dhuhr has entered. So uh, between Fajr and Dhuhr there was a shade. But that shade becomes smaller until the sun reaches the zenith. And as if there isn't any shade, it's at its highest point in the sky. Then once the sun leans and begins to uh, remove, go away from the zenith, then once again that shade increases, now the time for Salat al-Dhuhr has entered. Uh, so the time for prayer is specified. And the time for Maghrib is when the sun sets. And the time for Isha is when the redness leaves the western horizon. The time for Isha is when the, the redness that was there during Maghrib, it leaves, uh, it disappears from the western horizon. And the, the best time for the prayer is the beginning. The best time for the prayer is the beginning, and it is upon the people uh, to pray at the beginning of, of the time, which is the first uh, portion uh, of the night. And if you can, if the people can pray at that time, then this is better, as long as there is no harm upon the people. ولكن يقول السؤال حديثكم الله تعالى هل يجوز تقديم صلاة العشاء قبل دخول الوقت؟ إذا كان مضطرا لذلك فالإنسان 
Once again, the question came, is it permissible for them to pray the Salat al-Isha early before the entering of the time? The Shaykh said, Habib Allah, if there's a major harm, if there's a, a major harm uh, by praying in its time, for example, an individual has to have an operation. Uh, and the operation begins, uh, if the operation began, he would miss Salat al-Isha. So he joins Isha with Maghrib because he's going to be under, uh, he's going to be, you know, in this medical condition. So he joins Isha with Maghrib. Um, or, for example, a person is going to travel and during the journey, they're going to be, Isha is going to come in and they don't have any way to perform it. So they join Isha with, with Maghrib. Or the person is going to go into some major work. They're going to do something which is major and this would prevent them from praying Isha, um, he has no ability to pray Isha, then this would allow him to, to join Isha with Maghrib. But the person should be very careful and accurate in assessing the situation. It took place when Muhammad Muhammad that he prayed Maghrib with Isha seven raqat. He prayed Maghrib, then he prayed Isha. And it took place when Muhammad that he prayed Duhur and then Asr, four and four. He prayed eight. Uh, and he did, this, he did this in Medina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, some of the people they said why did he do this and he said because he did not want to harm or cause difficulty upon his ummah so if praying the prayer at its proper time is going to bring about a great difficulty uh, then this is allowed but if not the person should it, it's mandatory that the prayer is prayed at its accurate uh, or allocated time يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى إذا وصل المسافر إلى منزله متأخرا في الليل قبيل صلاة الفجر وخاف فوات الصلاة إذا نام ففي تلك الحالة هل يجوز له تقديم تقديم الصلاة ولو لم يدخل وقتها؟ ذلك إذا قدم الوافد لا يقدم الصلاة 
بأسفلية الأمام قد يحرص على أن تكون الصلاة حاكمة على التصرف إلا في أمور الضرورة The individual is asking if a person, if a traveler returns to his home late at night before Salat al-Fajr and he fears that once he sleeps he won't wake up for Salat al-Fajr, in this case is it permissible for him to pray Salat al-Fajr early even before the time has entered? The Sheikh said no, it's not permissible. Salat al-Fajr should only be prayed at its specific time. Uh, and likewise, when a person uh, returns home from a journey, uh, he should not give more precedence to his sleep uh, over the prayer. The, the prayer is that which um, take, is, is given precedence. The prayer is that which gives precedence over his actions. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل هل الوظيفة أو العمل عذر مقبول لعدم أداء الصلاة في الجماعة كأن يكونوا في العمل وقت نعم كأن لا يكون في عمله أو لا يتمكن إذا كان العمل لا يمكن أن يجمع بينه وبين أداء الصلاة مع الجماعة وهو مضطر لذلك العمل فلا حرج كأن يكون حارسا على أعمال يخشى عليها نحو ذلك لكن إذا عرف أن هذا العمل يترتب عليه عدم أداء الصلاة مع الجماعة وهو يمكن أن يتلافاها يكون عملا غير هذا العمل فينبغي ان يحتاط لاداء الصلاه في وقتها مع الجماعه. Is a person's occupation or their job uh, an acceptable excuse for not attending the congregational prayer? The Shaykh said, Allah if the person cannot combine between fulfilling his occupation uh, and praying in the congregational prayer uh, because of the nature of the, of the occupation. For example, um, someone is a security guard. So the nature of being a security guard is that he has to uh, guard whatever he's entrusted with. So then in, in that case it's permissible, but um, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah if the person knows that this occupation is going to prevent him from praying or completing or fulfilling the prayer in con or attending the prayer in congregation, then he should try to seek another occupation. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى إذا انتهى الإمام من صلاة في المشهد وجاء مجموعة إلى المشهد بعد ذلك لأداء الصلاة هل الأفضل لهم أن يصلوا جماعة أو بمفردهم؟ الرجل مع الرجل أفضل من صلاة الواحد 
كما ان صلاه الرجل الرجل العلم افضل من صلاه الرجل الواحد فاستكثار الجماعه افضل من ولو كانت صحه الصلاه في الصلاة لكن زياده الفضل ينبغي ان يحتاط المسلمون ويحرصوا عليه If a group of people attend the masjid after the Imam has completed the congregation, is it better for them to pray alone or for them to pray in congregation? The Shaykh said, it's better for them to pray in congregation. Two men praying together is better than one man praying. And more is greater in reward. So the more people you have to pray with you, it is better. Even though if they were to pray alone, if they were to pray individually, it would still be accepted. But it's, it's befitting that a Muslim uh, is diligent in gaining rewards. So the more people who join you, the greater it is in, in reward. يقول السؤال حبيبكم الله تعالى هل يجوز لمن يعمل في المقاولات العمل في البنك إذا طلب منه صاحب البنك سيانة السيانة أو نحو ذلك شخص يعمل في المقاولات وصاحب البنك يطلب منه السيانه فهل يجوز له وهذا سؤال من امريكا البنك ولا حرج عليه بذلك يكون في اجل عمل لا حرج فيه الحرج ان ياخذ ربا الا اذا كان يترتب على ترك سيانه هذا المحل إذا عطل فيترك الناس فيترك أن يعمل بالأسباب التي تريح الناس أحسن الله عليك individuals asking is it permissible for one who works in construction to work in the bank meaning the the bank has requested from him some form of maintenance is it permissible for him to work for for that reason the Sheikh Mishnah Habib Allah there is no problem in him doing so. As long as this individual has not taken, they have not taken any form of interest. They have not taken any form of interest. Sheikhna Adjuz Al-Thani in Al-Ijaba. And he goes, إِلَّا إِذَا تَرَتَّبْ عَلَيْهِ تَرْبِ عَلَى تَرْكِهِ I don't know. 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 Um, so the, once again the individual is asking is it permissible for someone who works in construction to work for a bank in a, in a sense that the bank has requested from him maintenance so is it permissible for him to do that that maintenance the Sheikh said Habib Allah there's no problem um, as long as he's not taking the, the interest except if if he uh, re, if he refuses to do the maintenance and this would lead to the closing of the bank, then this is something that he should do. He should refuse to perform the maintenance so that the bank would, uh, th this would lead to the closing of the bank. نصيحتكم لمن يريد ان يتعلم اللغه العربيه. اما التعلم اللغه العربيه فهذا 
أمر شريف لأنه يعينهم على سرعة فهم أقوال كلام الله جل وعلا وأقوال رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فإن اللغة القرآنية أشرف اللغات وهي لم تتغير نزل القرآن إلى يومنا هذا بلغة وما يذكرها من الإقراض لا تعتبر لغة عربية صحيحة The individual is asking, what is your advice for one who would like to learn the Arabic language? Shaykh said, Habibullah Allah Ta'ala, this is a language of virtue. It's a language of virtue and stature in Islam. Um, uh, because it, learning the Arabic language would assist an individual in understanding the speech of Allah and the speech of His Prophet It is a language of virtue. It's a language which was, the Qur'an was revealed in. And this original Arabic has not changed until this day. Uh, that which has been uh, introduced of different types of dialects and the likes of that, that is not the, the pure uh, Arabic. يقول السالح بكم الله تعالى هل يجوز الجمع بين الصلاتين بحذر المطر في البيت؟ The individual is asking, is it permissible to combine between the two prayers uh, with the excuse of rain in the home? To combine between the two prayers with the excuse of rain in the home? The Shaykh said, if the person is sick and it's difficult for him to leave to the congregation of prayer, to attend the congregation of prayer, or it's difficult for him to pray individual prayers at their, uh, their specific time, uh, then it is permissible for him. It's permissible for the one who is sick to combine the prayers at home. It's easy for him. Um, uh, and if he does it, he would do it in a, in a better manner. So he would combine between Duhr and Asr, and he would combine between the Maghrib and Isha, and indeed Allah knows the reality of uh, his uh, difficulties. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى هناك هل هناك فضيلة معينة لقراءة سورة الملك قبل النوم وهل ورد في السنة ما يحط على فعل ذلك؟ لم يثبت عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في ما يتعلق بقراءة الحديث الصحيح. 
the individual is asking, is there any particular merit in, uh, or reward in reciting Surah Al-Mulk before one sleeps? And is anything recorded in the authentic Sunnah? The Shaykh said, no, there's nothing authentically reported from the Prophet in the authentic Sunnah. يقول السائل حفظكم الله تعالى ما نصيحتكم في من ضاع ألقاته في القيل وقال عبر وسائل التواصل الاجتماعي نصيحة كلما تذكر مواقفه السابقه التي يراها سيئه يباد الى التوبه والاستغفار الله جل وعلا يحب التوابين ويحب المستغفرين السلام عليكم individuals asking what's your advice for someone who has wasted his time in hearsay by following um, social networks, the Shaykh mentioned Allah my advice to him is that he uh, repents to Allah and he increases in his tasbih, subhanAllah, tahaleel, la ilaha illallah, and istighfar. And likewise, he increases in his recitation of the Quran and he does so with contemplation. And every time he remembers that which he was upon of uh, negligence, that he, every time he remembers his past negligence, he should once again seek forgiveness from Allah. For verily Allah, Allah loves those who seek His forgiveness. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى إذا اشتد المرض على المريض إلى درجة أنه لا يستطيع أن يتوضأ أو يقوم أو أن يتوضأ أو يقوم بالتيمم وليس لهذا الشخص من يساعده هل يجوز له أن يصلي على على جنبه على غير طهارة؟ لا يستطيع أن يقوم ولا يقوم فقد يكون مضطرا فيسيل قوله على جسده ما يقل أنت الآن في الوضع ما تستطيع تستطيع أن يقوم بأداء العبادة على حسب الوجه الذي يمكن أن يؤديها عليه أحسن الله عليك الانديفيجوز أسكين إذا الانديفيجوز is ill to the extent that uh, he cannot make wudu, he cannot perform ablution, nor can he perform tiyamun, which is the usage of 
dirt or dust and he has no one to assist him, is it permissible for this person to pray on his side uh, while not being in a state of purification? The Shaykh said, yes, it is permissible. Because Allah Azzawajal mentioned in the Quran that Allah has not given difficulty to the, the individual. And Allah Azzawajal mentioned in the Quran, fear Allah to the best of your ability. And the Prophet وسلم, said, that which I have ordered, you do it to the best of your ability. So if an individual does not have the ability to make wudu, and they do not have anyone to assist them, then the person should not abandon the prayer. The person should pray to according to what they can perform. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, it's possible that a person is tied to a wall. He's shackled to the wall. He cannot stand, he cannot sit. And because of this, he even urinates on himself. Um, but the person, even in that state, the person shouldn't say, oh, I can't pray. The person should still pray uh, to the best of their ability. يقول السائل حديثكم الله تعالى بعض المسلمين لهم ديون للحكومة بسبب أخذ القروض الدراسية وهذا قبل الإسلام وهذه القروض لا بد من أدائها إلى الحكومة فهل يجوز للشخص أن يحج عليه هذه الديون؟ asking if uh, some Muslims they have loans that they owe or debts that they owe to the government because of loans that they've taken due to their, their higher studies and this is before Islam and these individuals have to pay back these loans to the government it's permissible for them to make Hajj Sheikh said Habib Allah Ta'ala it's permissible for a person to make Hajj even if he's in debt and if he does make Hajj his Hajj is accepted but he should try his best to uh, 
repay his debt. He should try his best to repay his debt because that which is correct is that uh, the debt, there is no expiation for the debt. There is no expiation for, for the debt. It took place from the time of the Prophet that a man approached him and said, Ya Rasulullah, uh, if I fight in the way of Allah uh, and I died as a martyr, would this be an expiation, the Prophet or would this wipe, uh, wipe away my sins? The Prophet said, yes. Prophet said, yes. And when the man left, he called him again and said, what did you say? Prophet said, what did you say? He said, I said, if I fought in the way of Allah and I died, would this be an expiation for my deeds? The Prophet said, yes, except the debt. Jibreel just informed me. Except the debt, Jibreel just informed me. So the Sheikh said, Hadith Allah Ta'ala, so fighting in the way of Allah and being killed in the way of Allah is not an expiation for, for the death. But you might have an individual that has a lot of good deeds. You might have an individual that has a lot, tremendous amount of good deeds. So what happens? Allah will take away from his good deeds. So this, this would help him. This would uh, be a means of, of assistance for him. But once again, even fighting in the way of Allah and dying as a martyr does not remove the rights that others have over you. Does not remove the rights that others have over you. The Shaykh Allah praised Allah for making it easy for us to come together and ask Allah to make our actions sincerely for His face, sincerely for Him, and accepted by Him and beneficial for us in this life and the next. And we ask Allah to give us a good ending, we ask Allah to bless us in our deeds and to bless us in that which He has bestowed upon us. And we ask Allah to correct our affairs in the affairs of our children and our family members. And we ask Allah, and the Shaykh said, Habib Allah it's this will be the last night uh, because people will be busy with their testing uh, and other things. And, we, and hopefully we can come together when another academic year begins. 
So we ask Allah to give might and glory to Islam and to the Muslims and to debate disbelievers and disbelief and the hypocrites. We ask Allah to give peace to the Muslims who are being oppressed in different parts of the world. We ask Allah to, uh, to pay the debt of those who are in debt and to give uh, cure to the Muslims who are ill. And verily Allah is the one to answer the supplication. We ask Allah to give peace to the Muslims who are being oppressed in different parts of the world. Allah is able to do all things and to protect them from all types of harm and terror. Uh, and to protect all of the Muslims, really, Allah is the one to answer the call. And our last supplication is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the world, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad, his family members, and companions.